Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. This is episode two of Listening to Britney, where we strip away everything you think you know about Britney Spears and instead focus on her music. In the first three years of Britney Spears' pop music career, she released annual consecutive albums. Hmm. 99, We Got Baby One More Time, 2000, Oops, I Did It Again. We talked about both those records on our last episode. Indeed. And then in 2001, she puts out her self-titled album, Britney. And when we hit play on our metaphorical disc man, Mm -hmm. we hear a significant musical transformation from the get-go. Charlie, I have a feeling we're not in Stockholm anymore. Definitely not. Britney's leaving behind that iconic Swedish New Jack Swing mashup sound. Right. For an entirely new sonic identity. Just as she's leaving behind that ingenue character from her first two records, she is communicating something new here. Let's listen in close, starting with her voice, to understand what's evolved. Word. I know I may be young. The very first thing we get is a breath. (laughs) Yeah. I know I may be young. This sort of spoken, half-whispered vocal. ASMR before it's time. Yeah. And she continues that sound in the verse. All you people look at me like I'm a little girl. Well, did you ever think it'd be okay for me to step in? This is curious. Like, some of those sonic identifiers from our first episode are there. A little bit of vocal fry. A little vocal fry. A syllabic level attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Rhythmic percussiveness. But it's almost a melodic it's somewhere between sung and spoken indeed this doesn't contain any of the diva vocal this is something new sprechgesang as they would say in the deutsch what does that mean speech singing speech song huh you can hear it in arnold schoenberg's piro lunaire from 1911 wait for real yeah Okay, Brittany is not as a-melodic as the Schoenberg, but yeah, when we listen to Brittany's vocal isolated, we hear some of the Brittany characteristics that we named in the first episode, the fry, the rhythmic percussiveness, but there's no sign of that big ballad sung vocal. Instead, it definitely has a more spoken 
a melodic quality. And the lyric actually reveals why she's performing this way. Always saying, little girl, don't step into the club. Well, I'm just trying to find out why, because dancing's what I love, yeah. Right, the melody is really loose, really just sort of saying it. And why? Because it's dancing that she loves. This is a song that is meant to be danced to. And in fact, singing to it doesn't even really matter. You can just speak it. Yeah, I feel like there's an intimacy here that we haven't heard on the first two albums. Yeah, it's definitely intimate because there is this contrast between the heavy beat club-oriented dance song and the way that she delivers the vocal, which is like she's just whispering in your ear. And what's cool about that is that her voice kind of becomes the production. It becomes an instrument in of itself. That little phrase, so much happens, right? Right. You've got the get it, get it, get it, get it. You've got little ad-libs of ah, ooh. And then almost like it's its own kind of drum filly kind of thing. And then her breath becomes the transitional percussion, almost like a shaker. She's going, hmm. (laughs) That's cool. You'd think that at this point, you'd finally get a big hook, right? Right. Like, where's the melody? Yeah, but nope. My loneliness sake. <laughs> She's not going to give it to us. Yeah, where you might expect the chorus to be the chance to uh, unfurl a Whitney Houston-esque kind of diva sound. Instead, her vocals kind of dance around the pitches like the the key title phrase here i'm a slave for you when she hits that word slave it it it, her voice kind of like falls away when you would expect it to be rushing forward it's like kind of doing the opposite of what you expect in a chorus yeah you you hit the nail on the head because layered in her vocals the lead is actually at even a lower pitch than the verse oh that's weird it's almost on the verge of whispering. It's really wild. Yeah, it's really unusual. And it's doing such a good job of continuing to hold back our expectations. Like, this chorus only hits a minute into the song. And it's the point where you think, well, maybe I'll finally get a really strong melody. But instead, she's just going to slide all over her notes. And she's going <laughs> to whisper in your ear. And she's going to sing at a lower register than she was sort of sing-talking in the first verse. And you're like, what is this song? It's like an anticlimactic chorus. Totally. Like, what is she doing? This is in strong contrast to what she was doing with The Swedes. Mm. Right? And this is a transitional album for her because – Max Martin and Rami, they reoccur. They have songs on this record. Mm. But it's kind of like maybe they're hedging, right? Mm. Launch into I'm a Slave for You, totally new sound, kind of an anti-hook song. Mm. And then song number two, Overprotected, written by Max Martin and Rami. And it's that Mm. same old sound that we love from album one and two.
New Jack Swing beat, funk bass line, mm-hmm. DJ elements, and of course, soaring diva pop hook vocal. Okay, yeah, I recognize that sonic playbook at this point. But it makes me want to ask, like, why isn't she just sticking with that sound exclusively? Like, it's proved very successful. Why is she introducing this new whispery dance crazed uh, <laughs> single on this album? Like, what, what's what's the talk me through the logic here? If you're a chart sleuth in the year 2000, just before Slave for You is released, mm-hmm. it's clear that pop is moving into a world of hip hop beat production and R&B hooks, right? Like. Year-end, Hot 100 in 2000, when her second album comes out. Oops, I did it again. It's Mm -hmm. just number 55 on the chart. Now, this is likely due to the record company initially not releasing a CD single to encourage people to pay full price for the album, which did go to number four on the year-end album charts. Okay, that's surprising. That's good to know. CD-era marketing tactics aside, when we look at the top of the year-end charts from 2000, they teach us a lot. Topping the charts, you have Faith Hill and Santana with Rob Thomas. But more importantly, just below, you've got Destiny's Child, Say My Name, at number six. You've got Aaliyah, Try Again, at number 12. And at number 18, Janet Jackson doesn't really matter. When you're a pop star, you need to keep moving. You've got to stay relevant. Right. And I think that these three artists, Destiny's Child, Janet Jackson, and Aaliyah, are the key to understanding Spears' evolution. Those three specific artists... Hmm. Hear me out. Let's start with Destiny's Child. She'd already touched on the Destiny's Child sound before this moment. On the last album, the track Don't Go Knockin' On My Door. Sounds really familiar. Maybe kind of like Bills, Bills, Bills. And if you want that Destiny's Child kind of sound, the best way to get it is to recruit the producer that made the song, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm dying to know who is that, Charlie. Rodney Jerkins, a.k.a. Dark Child, was the producer on Say My Name, mega producer, countless mm-hmm. hits. So he's brought on to the album Britney on two songs. He does the production on her cover of I Love Rock and Roll. But more importantly... He does the remix of the Max Rami song, Overprotected. And I think we can hear the clearest evolution of her style when we go back to back. Here's the original. And here's the Dark Child remix. Mm, interesting. Much sparser, much more drum forward. Yeah, it's like you can hear the hip-hop R&B revolution of the early 2000s like surging into the sound of Britney Spears here. 
Yeah, and it's no surprise because Spears cites a member of R&B pop royalty as one of right. her biggest influences, Janet Jackson. I remember the first time I went to her show, I was just like, oh my God, like I wanted to be her. And so when Britney films the music video for the Overprotected remix done by Dark Child, she does it at the L.A. Millennium Biltmore and references direct shot-for-shot moments of Janet Jackson's songs, Son of a Gun, which had been filmed in the exact same location. And then I'm thinking the vocal in Janet Jackson's Son of a Gun, which Britney's referencing in her overprotected remix music video, sounds a lot like that sort of breathy, half-spoken quality that we hear in I'm a Slave for You. Mm-hmm. And to top this one off, do you know who I'm a Slave for You was originally intended for? I'm going to guess Janet Jackson. That's correct. Wow! Okay, you pulled it off there. I, there was a moment where I was like, man, this is Charlie in his basement with a, with a wall full of photographs connected by, like, red twine. <laughs> but I think I got this. So... Britney Spears, huge Janet Jackson fan, channeling that sound, channeling the music video, working with Destiny's Child veteran Rodney Darkchild Jerkins. And then there's something about Aaliyah. You're going to have to break that down for me. Right. So I think she's kind of chasing a bit of that Aaliyah sound. Timbaland, the producer on Try Again, was unavailable because at the time he was working with Britney's then-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. That's a whole controversy we don't need to get into. She instead chooses to work with the childhood friend of Timbaland. You know who that is? It's got to be Pharrell Williams. That's right. Pharrell Williams Mm. is one half of the production duo of the Neptunes, along with Chad Hugo. And this is where everything changes. Britney Spears enters her Virginia Beach period. Mm -hmm. From Stockholm to Virginia Beach. Wait, Virginia Beach? I'll answer your question, Nate, in the second half. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside to get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo, the Neptunes, produce I'm a Slave for You, first for Janet Jackson gets picked up by Britney Spears and becomes a big part of her sound. Mm-hmm. That sound has a place, and it's Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach is the home of, of course, the Neptunes, but also Timbaland and even Missy Elliott. They all grew up around each other. There was something in the water in Virginia Beach in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's a special meaning of sound and place, for sure. Right. All of those artists have very quirky, off-kilter kind of quality to the music they produce, even the way they make beats. But recruiting the Neptunes is a smart move because in the same years that Britney is coming up, they are dramatically changing the sound of popular music and they are making hits like Mace's Looking at Me, number eight in 1998. Or Mysticals, Shake Your Ass at number 13 in 2000. Shake your ass, watch yourself, shake your ass, show me what you want. You've got Jay-Z's I Just Wanna Love You, number 11 in 2000. Now I just wanna love you, just wanna love be you. who I am, I know you love me. And of course, their biggest hit that goes number one in 2002, after I'm a slave for you, but relevant to our discussion, is Nelly's Hot in Hair. And so now when we listen to I'm a Slave for You in the context of those other songs, mm. I think we get an idea of the Neptune sound. What I feel like doing, so let me go and just listen. Mm. Listening to this, I'm hearing like three layers of Neptune's production. One is the first thing we hear, the drums. And they are so distinctive you know they're, they're they're not like familiar drum patterns that everyone plays they're they're kind of unique and deeply syncopated and have their own kind of signature off-kilter rhythm if you go one level up there's the kind of mid-range and usually that's anchored by some kind of synthesizer or keyboard line that's also like very repetitive and angular and using some kind of process sound that you maybe can't quite put your finger on. And then you go up one level higher and it's like the noise canopy. There's just some like <laughs> some weird ass sound that's going like <laughs> or whatever. And it's just like the weird little sprinkle on top of this, this uh, heady mixture. And somehow when I describe it, I'm like, 
that shouldn't sound good. Like no, skittery <laughs> drums, like harsh <laughs> piano chords, and then like falling, you know, comets of sound. Like that doesn't make any sense. And yet it's so effective when you put it all together. And, you know, the overall production is pretty sparse. Like you can hear each one of those individual elements very clearly. Nothing's stepping on each other. It's like a little jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's one other element that I feel like they recycle over and over again. Very sort of Neptune signature sound. Hmm, what could this be? It's in the very sparse harmonic context that they give us in their songs. Many of their songs use a harmonic motion from the root chord to a chord just a semitone above and then back down. Something like that. It's very effective. It's really cool. It kind of keeps you on your toes. It's very dissonant and funky. Yeah, it's a sound that we hear maybe in some Baroque music, Middle Eastern sounds, Eastern European things. Now a lot in hip-hop because I think they've moved the sound in that direction. But it's a little obscure and it's persistent. It's in Looking at Me. It's in Hot in Her. And it's even in the other song that the Neptunes produced for Britney Spears, Boys. For whatever reason, I feel like I've been wanting you all my life. Yeah, that one adds even one more whole tone above, but I understand what you're saying. It's the same, the same principle applies. Starting at the home chord, going up a little bit, going right back down. That's the Neptune's harmonic playbook. It's dissonant, it's awkward, and it maybe works well in hip hop when people are rapping. But here we get it in the context of Britney, who is doing something in between singing and speaking. That's so interesting because now I'm hearing that Janet Jackson song you played earlier. Yeah, Son of a Gun. I'm hearing how Britney wants to, to channel that kind of spoken whispering energy of one of her musical heroes ah yes professor sloan good ear that's really cool but of course this is still britney spears and she's gonna bring her unique vocal style to this new kind of production This chorus reminds me a lot of that get it, get it section from I'm a Slave for You, where in between every word, there's some kind of breath or ad lib. Her voice becomes an element of the production. Right. In, in between each of those lyrics, we've got those those percussive breaths. Ah, 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 ah. We've got these like uh, kind of sotto voce exclamations. Yeah. 
the spoken voice becomes another kind of percussive texture within the tapestry of this song. Yeah, she's responding to this Virginia Beach sound by superimposing her way of approaching this breathy vocal. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to just do it one way. She's going to, as she always does, change things up and show off many personalities Hmm. in one song. I did not expect jazz lounge singer Britney Spears to appear <laughs> in the middle of this and then to be swept away by the breathy vocal one more time. Oh, my God. That's I mean, I wouldn't have first pegged that as lounge singing, but I, I love that you hear it that way. It's certainly whatever we want to call it. You're right. It is a stark departure from everything we've encountered <laughs> in that track so far. And is just, yeah, another one of those moments where we hear Britney Spears being like, Listen to all the things my voice can do. <laughs> right. She still has that great vocal power that we talked about in episode one, but she's finding a new sound here that will become elemental, not just in her own music, but in music of those that come after her. Artists influenced by Spears and this Virginia Beach sound, but in particular, her vocal quality, this singing slash speaking, the whispering, the intimate approach to making a pop single. Okay, so who falls in that camp, do you think? There's countless we could point to, but one mm-hmm. that comes to mind would be like Kesha's Die Young. I'm buying. That's a little bit more on the sing-speak quality, but yeah. that whispered vocal thing that Britney does, there's a whole trend that The Guardian called whisper pop. Of huh. the last decade. Okay. They fold in artists like Lord and Selena Gomez. And I hear it on artists like FKA Twigs. And of course, the whispered qualities of Billie Eilish. Many of these songs pull off an audio acoustical trick where the vocals are actually sung at a quieter quality than the loudness of the production, many approaching some sort of like dance music. And that contrast of the intimate vocal and the pounding beat yeah. is what draws you in and wanting mm. to listen closer. So if we accept that all the artists you just named take some degree of inspiration from Britney Spears, And we see that the origin point of that sound was a song on her third album produced by the Virginia Beach duo, The Neptunes, and originally intended for Janet Jackson. Then we want to both acknowledge the influence of Britney, but also, and this can't be said enough, the importance of Janet Jackson in this story, too, which is like a fascinating wrinkle that I was not expecting but also makes sense when you consider that she is Spears' musical hero. She is a constantly present yet totally underappreciated force within popular music. Yes. Okay, Charles, you have sufficiently convinced me of the the rationale and, and the sonic changes that Britney undergoes on her third album. 
I can hear leaving the sound of bubblegum pop behind and becoming this dance pop R&B artist. But I don't think anyone could have expected what comes next. And for me, it's the song that represents the apex of Britney's career. You're going to leave me there waiting until next week, aren't you? Got to tune into part three, buddy. Switched on Pop is edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Ashok Kerwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. You can find Switched on Pop anywhere you get your podcasts and we're on social media at Switched on Pop. Hit us up with your favorite songs in this new era of Britney. We'll be back again next Tuesday with Nate's installment, his favorite Britney song of all time. And until then, thanks for listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.